GBC Podcasts, local voices on demand. Hello, thanks for listening to the Gibraltar Today podcast. I'm Jonathan Scott. On World AIDS Day, our reporter Cristina Cortez has been speaking to campaigners who have been in town raising awareness with the health authority. Today's podcast is fueled by the Chesterton's Big Breakfast. My choice was a delicious vegan sausage bap with a bit of brown sauce. It was yummy. But more importantly, they're raising money for the GBC Open Day. We uh, would like to thank Mike Nichols and his team for their amazing effort. And we look ahead to Christmas Jumper Day with Paul Lyon of Save the Children. But first, the Speaker of the House of Commons is on the rock. Sir Lindsay Hoyle joins us in the studio after a briefing by the Royal Gibraltar Regiment and after visiting the Jib Dock Ship Repair Yard. It went very well and it was good to meet. Not only was it good to meet the commanding officer, it was also good meeting, to meet the troops as well. And that's what it was about. It was a great visit going out to Devil Towers Camp, meeting everybody, but sitting down. They're having a cup of tea, we're having a chat. What are the issues? What are the problems? You've got me. Use me. Tell me what they are. And, and it was nice to speaking to people, and, and obviously lots from Gibraltar who were in the rain. But it's nice, you know. I'm from Blackpool. I'm from Doncaster. You know, so it's that bit of a tour around the UK as well. No, very important to me. Very important. Don't forget, this is our southern part of Europe where we have our regiment, part of the British Army family, are based here, supporting us here, deploy for us. And it's about me saying thank you to those who are serving the UK forces. Excellent. And uh, and what what sort of feedback did you get then? I got a lot of feedback, as you would expect. Uh, there wasn't much shyness, and that's quite right. You know, the fact that some of them are having to live in Spain, there's not enough accommodation, coming across the border with the border problems, uh, which I don't really want to get into politically, but I absolutely accepted that. What more can we do to provide more accommodation for the people who are serving I think that's very important. That was a very clear message. Also about parity of pay as well. I've been working on that for quite a while. Meeting with Secretary of State, reminding them there is a differential in pay that's not acceptable to me. Um, We expect them to do the same job. They do the same job. They go way beyond with all the deployments they do. So therefore, we should give the right recognition. Having equality of pay matters to me. And obviously... It's recognition of what they're doing as well. Because it's not just about money. It's about the service they're giving. Now, you're the the Speaker of the House of Commons. You have um, significant weight, I imagine, when you write a letter or when you put across a a, a point of view. But how do you do that while, um, you know, sort of walking that tightrope of of staying uh, politically neutral or party politically neutral? Well, it's the same way as I represent my constituency. It's about ensuring that you speak to the right people to make sure that messages get across. And I'm very lucky that I've got the ability to be able to say, look, I'd like to meet with the Minister of State, the Secretary of State, I've got a few issues I wish to discuss. And that's how it's done. You know, I always say, I don't go to the Prime Minister, the Prime Minister comes to see me in my office. And it's the same with ministers. You know, I have a very good working relationship. The fact that part of my speakership is to give support to the overseas territories, no more than Gibraltar, in the same way that I want to make sure the OTs are recognised. And doing that is having open channels, being able to discuss the issues that I can take up, that allows me not to be politicised, but allows me to take up the rights of what needs to be put. So it's, 
you know, it's not me saying this is a political decision. It's not. It's about reminding ministers there is an issue out here. How do we resolve it? What can we do? And that's the advantage of not being political. I can speak in a completely different way. So I'm not coming in a political handle. I'm just trying to do the right things by saying the right things. And, and carrying vo- messages and making sure that others' voices are heard. Absolutely, and that's what it's about. And as I say, uh, the OTs are part of my speakership. You know, Of course, I'm a big supporter of the Commonwealth, but I've decided to specialise more in the OTs. My history with Gibraltar and the Falklands and all the other t- OTs is about giving that recognition, recognition. This is one UK family, and I want to make sure that the UK family feels part of Parliament. And that's why I've tried to make sure there is a much better relationship between the UK Parliament, my speakership, and all the OTs as well. Okay. well, uh, on that note, we've got a question from Wilfred. Uh, He says, could uh, Sir Lindsay please make a comment on uh, the request by, I think it's 14,000 working from memory uh, Gibraltarians who signed a a petition uh, for representation in Westminster for... Wilfred's quote, us loyal British Gibraltarians. Of course I recognise Gibraltarians, um, but I can't get into the politics of making political decisions. What I would say is there should be a will if that's what the people of Gibraltar want and they want to ensure that the voice can be heard on the floor. That is something that the government needs to take on board. And what I would always say is Gibraltar is certainly not shy coming forward. Uh, it's about talking to the government and it's about talking to the opposition parties and putting that voice across. What I would say is I will certainly mention it's been raised with me. I'll pass it on without saying what my belief is because that's where I will politicise myself. But I'm certainly there to be a conduit to make sure that message goes across. And just to say the recognition now that we have a permanent office within Parliament for the OTs, CPA have an office, the IPU have an office, and the OTs have now got an office in Parliament so they can absolutely lobby MPs directly. Their representatives can work from Parliament. We've got the passage. We've now got a completely open, a more open relationship between Parliament and those within power. Okay, so you're talking generally there about the overseas territories. Um, I I note that you had the uh, UK Overseas Territories Youth Summit um, in Parliament uh, just a a few weeks ago, and and, uh, and, and we remember uh, you introducing uh, some of the uh, young speakers uh, from Gibraltar with with gusto. Um, How was that? It was wonderful. I've, I've got to say that. It's fantastic. And that's just another thing, isn't it? The fight that we have. The Youth Parliament sitting in the House of Commons chamber. And that was just about people from the UK. I said, no, there is a UK family. And we extended it to Gibraltar and the other overseas territories. And we also brought the Crown Dependencies in now. And what we've done is opened up. And it's about people in the UK understanding we have a much bigger family. How do the family interact? And I've got to say, the OTs, the young people, were really shining in the youth debates, I thought they were fantastic. They were impressive. Very impressive. Very um, clear thinking, but also um, well-spoken. animated in a, in a very good way, putting the case across. They were solid and reliable. What I can say is democracy is safe because we can see the next generation of politicians coming through. And at least I can say I knew them. 
<laughs> they'll remember me when they're famous. Well, I mean, you, you, you'll have helped them, you'll have given them confidence, and, and, and you'll have nurtured them, and I suppose it's a great thing to do that when they are in their formative teenage years so that they can perhaps, um, you know, keep keep that idea of, of political uh, being politically active in their minds as they go through their A-levels and, and, and university courses. That's right, capturing that enthusiasm and keeping that enthusiasm going forward because the one thing that we all believe in is the free world, a democratic free world, and they're going to be part of it. They're going to make a big impression. Uh, so, Lindsay, if I can, I know that you, you mentioned uh, both that you had had representations on the difficulties for, for some in the Royal Gibraltar Regiment um, who live in Spain and have to commute into Gibraltar to, to go to Devil's Tower Camp and fulfil their responsibilities uh, there. Um, what comment would you make, uh, if any, on, on Gibraltar's future relationship negotiations? Look, I always wish Gibraltar well with the negotiations and I'm sure and hope that they're getting the full support of UK government in what they wish to see and I want a clear direction for Gibraltar so it knows where it is and hopefully they will be fruitful in those discussions. Obviously I can't go into the politics because that would be wrong of me as Speaker. What I say is I think everybody knows where my heart lies. All right, and uh, you, we, you've spoken a, a little bit about the role that uh, the Speaker plays, and we know that this afternoon uh, you're meeting Gibraltar's new Speaker, Karen Ramage. What advice um, might you have for Madam Speaker? Um, you know, she's clearly a, a very competent um, judge coming into this, and, and she's already uh, hit the, the, the ground running, as it, as it were, because uh, she, she's had a, a, her initial sessions in Parliament and shown that uh, you know she she is there to sort of make sure that people stick to the rules. Uh, so so I'm not meaning to sound in any way condescending, but you've got a, a, a lot of experience. So so what what would you expect to cover with her? Look, uh, this is this is about speakers getting together, sharing sharing information, sharing views. How do we deal with you know? It's not it's not about me telling people. It's about learning from others as well. And it's about somebody new coming into the speakership. And I've got to say, Madam Speaker, I, I welcome her role and the fact that she may be able to be telling me something today. I really am looking forward to that meeting. I, I think it's good. And the fact that it's a woman speaker, I think is so important. It sends a clear message as well. You know, here we have uh, somebody who's been, uh, you know, top of her profession, being a judge, coming in. You know, she knows how to hold a court. This is certainly will be a slightly different court when you come to Paulo. But, of course, she's got the experience to bring with her. And, you know, we're there. And if they need any advice, of course I would. But I don't think I will need to give any okay. advice. The one thing I would say is the one thing we have got is senior clerks in the UK, if they do need some some facts-checking, we've always got that. And, we're, and that's what I say to the clerks. You're there to help support. And if people request some information... You know, we're there to give it, and I think that's important. But it's about me working with all the speakers right across. You know, we do the Commonwealth speakers, and I do the overseas territory speakers, bringing people together, exchanging views, exchanging knowledge, and, of course, our responsibility as well. It's not just about chairing the debate. In my case, it's about ensuring the security of Parliament, the health and well-being of people who work within Parliament, you know, I have 3,000 people I've been negotiating, you know, with the unions about pay rises, things like that. We've covered many, many more things than just sitting on a chair and holding that debate.
But um, uh, it, it's a particularly difficult task, I think. I mean, seeing, uh, you know, thinking about it as we were sort of in, in um, Madam Speaker's initial sessions, like the, the the comparison to the court of law is perhaps that in the court of law, I think there's, you know, you know it's it's less political. So so you don't have that sort of, um, of course, it's adversarial, but, but in politics, it's also, uh, I don't know, more fiery, I suppose. Uh, how do you how do you make sure that you, you don't get draw, drawn into that, that you have a, enough energy for it, but that you don't get drawn into the sort of political exchanges? And of course it's different in the courtroom. You know, you can order people to be quiet and order them out. Can't quite do that in Parliament the same way. You've got the power to do so. So I always say, look, this is about exchange of debates. It's not about talking about me. It's about talking about, about the subject in, in front of us. And of course... You're right. We make the laws. And that's what Parliament's about. It's passing and making sure we do the right laws, the correct laws. Having debate, I want to always ensure, in the case that I have 650 MPs, it's looking after them, but the majority of that is backbenchers who have to hold the executive to account. And that's what my job's about, is making sure that they have the voice to hold the executive to account to know that the government is being challenged. Whatever the government is, it is about scrutiny and they're holding them to account. That's what my job's about. And trying to do that without people talking about me, it's about allowing it to continue. And of course, you're right. The danger is you've not got to get drawn in. What you've got to do is, I always say, it's like being in a kitchen. It gets very warm. Never allow it to overheat. The pans can bubble away, but don't let them boil over. <laughs> Great comparison. Uh, and uh, before we let you go, um, uh, Sir Lindsay, uh, t- you're here principally in your um, capacity as Chancellor of the University of Gibraltar with a graduation ceremony this weekend. Uh, what? Um, h- how do you see the University of Gibraltar developing? I think it's fantastic. It's growing and growing. It's growing in strength. It's growing in recognition. And it's doing fantastic courses, fantastic degree courses. Uh, I'm just proud, and I genuinely say that. I'm so proud to have been invited to become the Chancellor. I take it seriously. I try to ensure whatever help I can give, I will give. The fact that here we have a University of Gibraltar, isn't this great? But also, the course they put on, connect with the other seas territories who haven't got the universities. This is a great platform to get people from the OTs to be able to do the degrees. They're the same issues, same problems, you know, whether it's climate change, environmental, whether, whether it's marine, whether it's tourism. This is what the OTs are built on. And Gibraltar is the centre of that, you know, and whatever we can do to link them in, to get more students coming through. And, and maybe having overseas campuses as well that's run from Gibraltar. This is an exciting time. Really proud to be here, proud to be part of it by being Chancellor. As I say, it's an absolute privilege. On Radio Gibraltar and on GBC Television, Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott. Yes, it is World AIDS Day. Uh, Our reporter, Christina Cortez, has been in town. Um, Thank you for joining us, Chrissy. Tell us what are some of the main messages. So, uh, yes, it's a World AIDS Day and it's uh, a day to spread awareness of the condition, first and foremost, of the prevention and treatment now available. Also to try and remove stigma um, and, of course, to remember those lost to the disease, as uh, Norbert Sine of Friends for Life uh, told me earlier today at Casemates. Well, the message of this day is to remind people and to make people aware of the infection of HIV, but also the fact that 
there have been major developments in HIV. Now it's not a death sentence that it used to be many years ago. And now what we want is, is for people to, to take care and to be, be careful. We also commemorate the deaths of many, many people who died of, a, of HIV or AIDS at, at, the, at the time by, by wearing the, the red ribbon. And uh, yes, as as uh, Mr. Senator mentions, there you know this over 35 million people have died over the last four decades uh, since this disease came to light, one of the deadliest pandemics in history. And it's estimated that around 38 million people currently live with HIV. But advancements in medicine now allow people to live long and healthy lives. Uh, unfortunately, access to this depends very much, unfortunately, on where you live in the world. And uh, many countries in the world do not have enough access to this medication. But uh, in Gibraltar, the GHA introduced PrEP, the pre-exposure HIV prophylaxis medication last year. Oh, yes. And a study just this week has shown its effectiveness. It prevents the virus from getting into your cells and starting to replicate. As I was explained earlier today, it's 85 to 90 percent effective. So it's sort of like part of the treatment before you fully get it. And uh, they say it's uh, been effective uh, only, as we heard earlier from infectious uh, diseases consultant Gloria Garcia, um, there's been only one HIV diagnosis since last year. Somebody who it was picked up when they came to start PrEP. There's around 45 patients being treated and managed in uh, Gibraltar. And after they get started on PrEP, it's the well person unit that also is involved. So I spoke to Laura Neto from a clinical nurse specialist who explained how that follow-up treatment works. Laura. What we do in the well person unit is that we, um, we review them every about three months. So we can do um, all sorts of STI testings as well. A really important um, main message, I think, on World AIDS Day and um, preventing HIV, apart from PrEP, um, which is a really, really good uh, method in preventing HIV, um, is, um, is also condoms is always, always going to be our number one preventative method, but not only for HIV, for other STIs. Laura Neto, um, speaking to you earlier today. Cristina yep. Cortez is in the studio with me. Emphasizing the importance of uh, getting... Of, of of preventing all STIs, not just not just AIDS, sexually not, transmitted exactly sexually infections. transmitted infections, and it's not just about prevention, but also treatment. As we were saying, people with AIDS can now live long and healthy lives. As uh, I heard from infectious diseases consultant Gloria Garcia. What we do in the Well Person Unit is that we um, we review them every about three months, so we can do um, all sorts of STI testings as well. A really important um, main message, I think, on World AIDS Day and um, preventing HIV, apart from PrEP, um, which is a really, really good uh, method in preventing HIV, um, is, um, is also condoms is always, always going to be our number one preventative method, but not only for HIV, for other STIs. Uh, anyone who might have been exposed to HIV can contact the clinic. Uh, you can call them on 200 07842 or email prep at gha.gi for an appointment. Friends for Life is in casemates distributing red ribbons and information leaflets along with the infection control team and the well person unit and encouraging everyone to wear that red ribbon today if you can. Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott. If you're planning on wearing a festive jumper in the coming days, please also consider a donation for Save the Children and, and their campaign. Thursday is officially Christmas Jumper Day, but uh, the local fundraising team 
is asking the community to be flexible and use any time around that date that works best. So I know that, for example, uh, my son's school is doing it on, on the Friday because it's, uh, it's more of a Friday thing. But um, uh, the charity's Paul Lyon is joining us now. And I suppose the important thing, uh, Paul, is that uh, is that awareness is raised and, and donations are made, whether it's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Exactly, Jonathan. I think you've hit the two key things on the head there. Um, awareness is key. Um, people say, oh, we wore jumpers, we didn't collect any money. Not a problem. As long as people understand that the message we're putting across there is that there are children all over the world who are not going to have a great Christmas and are suffering big time. And if we get donations, then great. Uh, that's even better. But I don't want feel people to feel, oh, we've got to find money from somewhere. Mm. The awareness is key. Okay. And uh, and you mentioned, you know, uh, Save the Children's mission to, to, to help the, the many distressed refugee uh, children in, in, in difficult areas, maybe a natural disaster, maybe a war, and increasingly our, our sort of rolling news coverage um, from around the world brings um, really distressing and, and, and sort of difficult images to our um, homes and makes us realise just how difficult some people have it, uh, and just how lucky we are. Oh, yes. Um, I think everybody's aware of the current crisis uh, with, uh, between Israel and Hamas. Um, Jason Lee, who is the director of Save the Children in Palestine, uh, gives regular updates. Um, and if we take away the ceasefire period, it's very disturbing when he tells us that a child is killed every 10 minutes and one is injured every five minutes. Um, so far, um, they've lost just over 6,000 children, children who've died, and that's the highest in ever, any conflict. Um, but the knock-on effect of, for this is siblings and family members, their mental health and psychological state is suffering big time. So it's not only just the essentials that we're getting in there, and also to Israel. We're providing people and homes in Israel with all of these water, toiletries, medicines, but it's the counselling. It's a big, big thing. It, they're they're traumatised. They're really, really traumatised. Well, somebody who goes through something as drastic as that will never be the same again. No, I, I'm, I can't imagine. Um, we are blessed. I, we had a carol concert last night with... Um, two beautiful school choirs from Loretto and Bishop Fitzgerald. We raised nearly £2,000. Um, I was very impressed. And a local business uh, has said that they'll double that. And all that money will go towards helping the children in Gaza and in Israel. Um, because it's not that we don't have, we do have, and some of us have more or some of us less. But I think the important thing is that we understand that there are people in the world who do need our help this time. For sure. Um, so Save the Children, tell us a little bit for uh, for somebody who's not familiar with uh, the organisation. I mean, the, the key's in the name, but 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 tell us a little bit about, um, you know, uh, the, the international family that uh, the Gibraltar branch is a part of. OK, yeah. It was started in, in 1919 um, by a lady, Eglantine Woodjeb, and she was very distressed at the... Um, trauma caused to two children by or suffered by them from the First World War, mainly from um, Austria and, Hungary and Germany. So she started this in London. Her sister came on to help. And in 1932, it was launched in the USA. And it has then been part of the UNICEF Charter, and it has grown. It, it is 
based in 115 countries. Having said that, if there's not a base there, they will respond to an emergency. Um, and in Gibraltar, we've been around for 30-odd years or more now, um, and we are aligned with head office in London, in Farringdon. So we come under them for all of our governance and our funding and things like that. Okay. And um, roughly how many people contribute to the Save the Children um, campaigns? Uh, you know, sort of, I don't know if it's a committee or yeah, we, we Yes, we, we have a committee here of, of four. We're always looking for people who want to join. It's, it's not a 24-7 uh, commitment, but there are key dates during the year when we do need people. We also are very fortunate, and I think many other charities are, Jonathan, that when they have things like flag days and things, people just come on board. I had a couple of people last night helping out at the Cathedral of Holy Trinity, had a lovely group of eight-year, 12 pupils from Bayside, couldn't speak highly enough about them. So it was nice to involve young people. Great, yeah, yes. important. I mean, I suppose the, the leaders of, of tomorrow, but... Um, yes. Um, great that they're already active and, and speaking of young people um, schools tend to come on board I know that um, my children's schools are, 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 have already reminded us that we've got we've got the sort of Christmas jumper day next week and uh, donations welcome yes um, I can't speak highly enough about all the, the local schools um, both the government and the private schools they really I would say off the top of my head a good 75% of what we raise for jumper day every year comes from the schools it really does um so that again how much up to uh, about 75 that's amazing so it is uh, uh, yeah so on average we it varies some years with some years we've raised six thousand pounds in a day Impressive. other years we've raised four and a half thousand five or, uh, it's, it's anything good, helps figure. jonathan anything helps yes um and the schools give me a huge percentage of that they were uh, and I, I hope they have a good day and i hope that the teachers do make them aware of what it's all about um, from from my experience, they 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 will, I think. Um, uh, they, uh, but but uh, yes, you're, you're right that uh, the awareness uh, requires conversations, and and it requires us to do a little bit of reflecting upon, um, you know, our, our fortunate, uh, fairly fortunate, because of course, you know, it is relative. Not everybody in Gibraltar is as well off as others, but but uh, relative to sort of um, you know uh, disaster uh, stricken um, area or or a war-torn area, um, children in Gibraltar generally are, are, are blessed with, with a, a comfortable and, and loving environment. Oh, most definitely. We, there is one example in Gaza at the moment. Um, a school which is normally housing 2,000 pupils is the home to 22,500 people. The problem is there, the sanitation, the toilets, yeah. and, and uh, it's not a great surrounding for them um but as you say yes gibraltar we're blessed and when i do talk about save the children and, and charity events i have to be very careful i don't want people to feel guilty because people deserve what they get you know they work hard um and i think they should spend it as they wish but if they think well perhaps this pound i could give to help somebody else in the world who's not as fortunate and i, I said this last night as well in my address i said the greatest gift you're giving is the gift of life. You're giving these children a chance, and I think that is important. Yes, that's that's very important because you, you they deserve, if nothing else, hope 
when when they're in such a, an awful situation as as millions of children are across the world sadly um okay so uh tell us about money raised then next week uh, as part of uh, the christmas jumper campaign where will it go every fundraising event of all branches all over the world um, it's at least 80% is going to the crisis in uh, Gaza at the moment uh, to, to help uh, aid on both sides of the border. Um, the others will go in as what they call their reactionary fund. So if, sadly, we get a natural disaster somewhere, we need to have funds to go uh, uh, that way as well. Yes, of course. Um, and... and um... I, I've just heard you say there, of course, it'll go to both sides of, of, of the border. Um, do you, uh, when you talk about the the difficulties faced by, by children uh, in a, a war-torn area, uh, ha, are you conscious of the, the sort of the politics and the sensitivities? I know that the, 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 as a charity you're focused on helping children first and foremost, right? Yes. We are quite removed for the work we do as a fundraising branch, as many others are. But the people on the ground there are highly experienced, very well trained, and they have to tread the political tightrope. They, they are there with one purpose, and it's to make sure that children's lives are improved in any small possible way. They don't give statements which have any political slant on it. They don't favour favor either side. Um, and it's, it's difficult, and sometimes, unfortunately, Jonathan, if certain theatres of war become too dangerous, they have to be moved back. Yes. Uh, they have to move back, because we have lost people in the past from, say, the children in, in war zones. Yeah. A very sad and, and very brave uh, people to, mm. to, to um, go in there to help others, knowing that they're putting themselves uh, at risk and may pay the ultimate price for doing so, no? Yes, yeah, it, it's, it's a great sacrifice. I have nothing but admiration for these people. I don't know whether I'd have the courage to do it. Uh, I just try and do my bit from here. Well, um, you know, I'm no expert on Save the Children, but it does seem like a, a very worthwhile charity um, and um, and I look forward to, to wearing my Christmas jumper. If we can uh, end on, uh, and, and obviously uh, having conversations and, and donating, but um, if we can end on a slightly lighter note, Paul, um, it has been suggested to me that I could ask you, how many Christmas jumpers do you own? Three. And do you have a favourite? Yes, the one that fits me. <laughs> yeah. so, so, so uh, the one that fits you now before the good Christmas that you're about to enjoy well no this one has room for expansion okay. I, I think the others are I, th I think they're done now but I, I think important as well Jonathan if you don't have a jumper don't go and buy one just wear something Christmassy no, an accessory of some sort absolutely right um, uh, if you've got one great if you don't then mm. you can still take part in the conversations and, and wear something sort of bright and colourful to, to sort of get the conversations going that's right yes alright well Paul Lyon, thank you so much for joining us of Save the Children. Best of luck with your Christmas jumper campaign and we look forward to, to getting um, some feedback from you on how it's gone. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me, Jonathan.
This is Gibraltar Today. We're going to uh, be welcoming the Speaker of the House of Commons um, in just a few minutes. So Lindsay Hoyle will be here. But um, did you order a Chesterton's breakfast BAP this morning? Uh, That's also a charity initiative for the GBC Open Day. It's been a busy morning for the big breakfast team. uh, I think they've done more than 1,600 BAPs in just a few hours. Remember that these are not uh, professional. They're normally doing real estate. They're not professional kitchen people but uh, they've they've given it a really good shot it's the ninth year that the estate agents uh, have helped by organizing this fundraiser and uh, we've had a few minutes ago an update from chesterton's director mike nichols got six deliveries left so we're running about an hour late but we have delivered probably 1450 baps we made probably 250 outside bit rain affected not a lot so we're packing up outside four deliveries as i say left a few, few people had to phone to make sure their delivery was coming, but we've done it. We've virtually finished, and I'm pretty sure we're going to break 6,800. We won't know that probably for another hour. We're tired, we're pleased, we're happy, we're washing up, and we will let you know as soon as we've got the final count. Thank you for your support, e-bike, Morrison's, Bruno's Bar, Resso, and the Minister Santos, who's a dab hand at frying bacon. Thank you. Who would have known? Christian Santos, a bacon whiz. Uh, thank you, Mike Nichols of Chesterton's and the team uh, for today's big breakfast. Great effort. Thanks for listening to those highlights from Gibraltar Today. I'm Kelly M. Borge, the show's producer. We're live on Radio Gibraltar Monday to Friday from 1 to 2, getting behind the headlines. And you can catch up here whenever you like. Until next time, have a good one. GBC Podcasts. Local voices on demand.